Thanks for listening to the KC Morning Show. It's time for the story of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is a party that lasts eight nights. You put out your wooden shoes, and if you're good, you get nuts and dried fruits. My first Hanukkah with Sheldon, he yelled at me for eight nights. I now have to go out and purchase for you a gift of commensurate value, representing the same perceived level of friendship as that represented by the gift you've given me. We're Jewish. So one day my mother said, we'll have a Hanukkah bush. It is not egregious, word of the day, to say happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah? Time Magazine announced that their 2023 Person of the Year is Taylor Swift. Taylor was like, of all the honors I've had today, this is definitely in the top 50. Yeah. (laughs) Taylor Swift beat out Vladimir Putin, the president of China, King Charles, and I don't know, it makes sense. Those guys are terrible singers, really. The editor-in-chief for Time said, Taylor Swift is the rare person who is both the writer and hero of her own story. And also, he said, we really wanted to sell some magazines this year. So, A Florida man was arrested over the weekend after he allegedly refused to pay for the $250 tattoo he received of the Waffle House logo. Although, come on, don't you think if the guy had $250, he would have gotten something classier like the Denny's logo? December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. Today's a day of remembrance across the country. The bombing of Pearl Harbor. Today is a day to remember. The Japanese launched a devastating surprise attack on U.S. military forces in Pearl Harbor. Japanese planes attacked the Pearl Harbor naval base in Hawaii. Prompted the U.S. to enter World War II. Let us pray in silence and remember those of our comrades who have fallen. National Pearl Harbor Remembrance Day. All right, start the show. Oh, what is going on? Happy Thursday, Kansas City. Happy Thursday to the KC Morning Hose. On the show today, we aired this one for the first time, January of 2021. For some reason, I woke up this morning and this episode just popped back into my head. Like, it is so, so good. My guy, David Hayden, my brother, David Hayden, joined us to break down. Well, you know what? I'll let you find out. But my hot take, our hot take, is that the nation, yes, the nation, owes Kansas City and the surrounds a debt of gratitude when it comes to the world of beef. Yeah, it's what's for dinner, apparently. You can thank Kansas City for that. Find out why in just a matter of moments. Rates, reviews, subscribe, do that thing you do. Kansas City, back in your feeds tomorrow. It is a good day to be a Kansas Cityan. Absolutely. We will see you in the morning. Bye. Finally, the Rock has come back to Kansas City. They love the Rock in KC. The KC Morning Show. January 11, 1970, victory belonged to Hank Stram and his Kansas City Chiefs. 
TV9 News special report, close up the flood of 77. From the Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri, it's Milwaukee Bucks against the Kansas City Kings. Now Kansas Citians must decide what happens next. What is to follow the city's Holy Week riot? I am here at the American Royal World Series of Barbecue. Daryl Motley awaits, and the Kansas City Royals are world champions. Run it back, my friend. You want to run this thing back? Take a look and see where we were, where we are, where we're going. David Hayden, an author, a marketer, a student of all things Kansas City history. I posted what I thought was an inconsequential photo of a statue that I see as I'm driving home to the bottoms. Dave claims that there's so much more to this story. So, Dave, you're going to kick this thing off with a hot take. I got myself a beverage. I'm, uh, I'm just going to let you do a little story time, Dave. We're probably not taking on the most exciting topic in Kansas City history. (laughs) Let's talk about cows. Let's talk about cows, David. We all see that cow, you know, on that platform staring off in the distance. The sun was going down. The cow was looking rather stoic that day. And of course, in Dave fashion, he says, you know, there's a story behind that cow. We're going to be woke here. It's a bull. (laughs) Excuse me. As someone who uh, enjoys a good steak, enjoys a good hamburger enjoyed all the fine food that Kansas City has to offer. The entire nation owes Kansas City a great debt in making beef edible. If it were not for the contributions of the Kansas City area, we're all still just eating chicken and pork. Go back in history a little bit. Cows came to America from the Spanish. We had bison and buffalo here, but they were large and not easily led around. We didn't really have refrigeration to do much with 800 pounds of bison at the same time. And so prior to the Civil War, we didn't really eat beef. It wasn't a thing. What made beef relevant to the world, to the United States, was the idea that we could take cattle, we could put them on a train, then handle them accordingly and move them faster than they could move on their own. And just to even further make your point, Dave, listen to this. That gives Kansas City the advantage over all other areas, and the cattle industry goes into Kansas City, and from then on, there's really no way for any other area to, to uh, beat Kansas City in terms of the commerce. Manufacturing starts to come into the area as a result of uh, the cattle industry, for one thing. More people are living in Kansas City as a result of the cattle industry. There's more opportunity to make wealth on trade goods and different things in the Kansas City area than there ever had been before. The bridge and the railroad industry really brought both people and um, a huge job market here um, for for a great many years. This is where we get to cowboys. Prior to this, longhorns and shorthorns basically were either raised for personal consumption or they ran wild. I mean, you could literally go out and round up cattle from the wild, put your brand on them, and they were yours. And so when the Cowboys started, their job was to run cattle from Texas across Oklahoma and up into rail cities. Closest to Texas was Sedalia, Missouri. So the Cowboys decided there needed to be a better route. And a guy named Joseph McCoy, back in 1867, started a stockyard in Abilene, Kansas where you could run your cattle up to his stockyard. He would put them on refrigerated train cars 
shows the cattle wouldn't lose a bunch of their weight before they got to Kansas City, where they could be auctioned off. And then to Chicago for processing. McCoy really built his with the best, and other people tried to offer refrigerated rail cars. He really emphasized that his were the original, or the real McCoy. He said it. Which is where that phrase actually started. Now, around this time where Kansas City becomes very important, was we were the first bridge crossing of the Missouri River. The Hannibal St. Joseph Bridge, which ends at modern-day Broadway, no understanding. The second Hannibal St. Joseph Bridge is the rail bridge that you might notice as you're uh, driving across the Broadway Bridge. But the original Hannibal St. Joseph Bridge, which is an episode in and of itself, connected all of the rails coming from Kansas across the Missouri River at Kansas City where they would take a hard right and go to the West Bottoms. Oh, David, my hood. You do know that I am the mayor of the West Bottoms. Self-appointed, but... The original Union Depot was set in the West Bottoms and nicknamed the Jackson County Insane Asylum by denizens who complained it was too large at the time. But maybe greatest of all were the Casey Stockyards. In 1940, only the Union Stockyards were larger, and this kind of scale allowed wealth to pour into the city. Now, all of this was great, but then there was this little thing called barbed wire and started making it more and more difficult for the cowboys to run the cattle up to Abilene. So you introduced this whole idea of the gentleman rancher, people who would raise cattle on a set piece of land. Now, this was very hard to do with law horns and short horns because they weren't particularly friendly. And so you had some other types of cattle, but they generally didn't have a lot of beef to them either. They didn't have a lot of meat on their bones. So this all started changing in 1873 with a Scotsman named George Grant. This dreamland of mossy grama grass shall be mine and shall be peopled by the youth of the old sod, trained like Kansas titans of the frontier. It may have been a unique vision of Eden that George Grant saw when he crossed the western Kansas prairie in 1871. But the rich Scottish silk merchant returned with some youth of the old sod to found the town of Victoria, Kansas, and to make a home in his Kansas Eden. Now, George Grant was a textile merchant, and he had made a fortune because he heard that at the time, Queen Victoria's husband, Prince Albert, was very sick. Dave, hang tight. I got more audio for you. I'm crushing it, by the way. December the 14th, 1861. Aged only 42, Prince Albert was suffering from a chronic gastric illness. The kind of illness he has provokes a lot of diarrhea. And so what he did was he went out and bought all the black crepe material that he could get his hands on. I mean, just cornered the market. So is that when Prince Albert died, as was customary, the, the noble people and the you know wealthy class all wanted to wear badges made of black crepe paper to show that they were in mourning. And he made a fortune because he had basically created a monopoly of all the black crepe fabric around. He uses this money and decides to retire to the United States, traveling from New England to California and back. He uh, lands in this beautiful land outside of Hayes, Kansas, buys it for between 50 to $2 an acre. When he gets back to Scotland and he starts talking to other noble families and said, you know, your sons are weak. They're growing up on an inheritance, a remittance, as it was called at the time, where giving them money and they're being weak. So what I want to do is take them to be ranchers in the United States, in this land of Kansas, 
teach them how to be rough and control the land and give them some backbone and spine. The families all bought into this, and he made sure that only the upper class was uh, able to move to his land by selling the land that he bought for 50 cents to $2 an acre to them for $10 an acre. Trust fund ranchers, is that what you're trying to say? Yes, yes. <laughs> Allowance went a lot further in rural Kansas than it did in uh, England and yeah. Scotland. So, uh, yeah, they just kind of hung out. The problem was that then the prairie fires came, the cold winters came, and they all left. George Grant himself only lasted five years and then died. But he brought it over with him four black Aberdeen Angus bulls. Getting into the steak end of things, the steak end of cattle. Most of the cuts that you would eat that are good quality cuts that you save for steak come from the back half of a cow. And so these bulls, as they were sired with longhorns and shorthorns, the children that were produced were also black and didn't have horns. These four bulls created dominant genetics that created the black Angus cattle that we have today. No shit. All started from this uh, shady businessman coming over from Scotland with four bulls. Victoria, Kansas is a very interesting place. It was the Victoria for Queen Victoria? Queen Victoria. You don't want to take a weird rabbit hole. Research uh, Victoria, Kansas and some of the, some of the strange anomalies of oh, that small town. Done and done. But this brings us to our statue, where the whole conversation started. <laughs> the bull, you've probably noticed it, it looks out over the stockyards. If you drive around I-35, I guess southbound, just as you cross the river, you'll see the large statue of a brown and white bull overlooking Kansas City. It actually has a name. It's Anxiety the Fourth. That statue is of an actual bull. <laughs> I mean, I guess... If we have a statue of Ben Franklin, the statue's not named Ben Franklin, it's a statue of Ben Franklin. <laughs> that is a statue of Anxiety the Fourth. Anxiety the Fourth. Yes, he was the fourth bull sired by a bull named Anxiety. Notable and brought over from England to the United States on a tour because he had very large hindquarters for Hereford. Now, Hereford bulls were what they called cat ham. If you think about how a thin cat's hindquarters kind of or concave. That's how Hereford cattle was. They didn't have a cows don't do squats. After anxiety came to the United States, he went back over to England and had some sons. And that's when two ranchers from Independence, Missouri, Gudgel and Simpson, went to England. They brought it to the Gudgel Simpson Ranch. I'll get to their full names. It was Charles Gudgel and Thomas Alexander, also known as Governor Simpson, had this cattle farm. And we had had Hereford since about 1817, but they weren't good for me. They went over and they said, hey, where's that anxiety? And I said, anxiety died. Do you have any sons? And they said, yeah. And they saw anxiety the fourth, bought him and brought him over to the Gudgel Simpson ranch. And these were just ranchers. They weren't uh, geneticists or anything like that. But they figured out that through a special type of breeding, line breeding, they were able to have the best genetic qualities in this case, the booty, of Anxiety <laughs> 4, bred out amongst the cows that they bred him with to create other bulls that had these same hindquarters. That led to Anxiety breeds, bulls that came from the bloodline of Anxiety the 4th, becoming very sought after for breeding. And at this point, as we get to modern day, 99% of all American Hereford cattle, which is one of the two big beef classes of cattle, draw their bloodline 
back to Anxiety the Fourth. Are you serious? I'm saying when you drive down the road and you see a Herford cattle, they're the brown ones with little tiny horns. There is a 99% chance that if you're looking at a Herford cow, that it is related to the bull, Anxiety the Fourth, that's in the statue overlooking Kansas City. What a stud! Everybody's got a little bit of Genghis Khan and apparently Anxiety of Fourth. I mean, Will Chamberlain ain't got nothing on Anxiety of Fourth. <laughs> this is hilarious and kind of awesome. I mean, it's all part of Kansas City history. There's so much of it. You know, we run from being a cow town. Yeah, well, back to the last episode, we, we run from Boss Tom too much. The crime history of Kansas City. To a huge extent, we were kind of badass. You know, we don't need to run from it. We need to say, hey, look, you like that steak? Let, let me tell you where it came from. It came from Cowtown, USA, baby. Yeah, and you know, so much of the things that we that we know every day, things like armor meatpacking, you know, the armor hot dog. We we don't think about how in KCK there's an entire neighborhood called Armordale that was built by armor meatpacking as a way for people to have a place to live nearby, of creating a middle class and later a union middle class in Kansas City. Animals come from the ranches and farms and feedlots all over the nation. There are more than 60 central markets in the United States. Some of the better known are located in Chicago, Denver, East St. Louis, Fort Worth, Kansas City, Omaha, St. Joseph. You go to North Kansas City where a lot of the meatpacking was done. You know, the three most prominent streets in town are Armor Boulevard. Shout out to the Rhino, Springland Armor. You have Swift which is swift meatpacking, and you have Burlington for the Burlington Northern Railroads. You know, if you don't have the railroads carrying all the cattle through Kansas City, you don't end up with Kansas City Southern, which is still, in North America, a massive railroad company, but also created companies like DST. Huge impacts that all of this has dating generations forward. You know, we still have the American Royal, but we think of it as a barbecue show. There's a lot of history not only the cattle that we raised but anxiety was brought to be shown at the kansas city beef show when george grant had these angus he went to show them off in kansas city all the way down to animal health bear has a huge facility here research facility the medicines for animal a lot of the veterinary stuff is still happening in kansas city because of this history he is every bit deserving of having a statue overlooking the West Bobs. Can we do this again soon? Like super soon? I want to do a wrestling one because you know we have to do that. Ric Flair won his first heavyweight championship in Kansas City, I believe. Talk Bob Geigel and, and oh, all of yes. the Kansas City wrestling history. Handsome Harley uh, Race. Central States, Dave, the NWA. Bulldog Bob Brown. Uh, we could connect it out to the Woodlands and all sorts of stuff. I'm still waiting to prove to you that the uh, that Kansas City is vital to the history of arcades. Okay. That's a pretty easy one to prove. You know, I teased a little bit in this episode, but uh, I think we could do a whole segment on uh, how that bridge, how the first bridge across the Missouri River came to be in Kansas City, and the three very, very different men behind that that made it happen are as much the forefathers of our city as anyone. Is it a good day to be a Kansas Cityan, Dave? Would Anxiety the Fourth agree that it's a good day to be a Kansas Cityan? It is always a good day to be a Kansas Cityan.